0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On this Monday edition of 2020, as we do on a Monday, we like to check on the political agenda from a Christian perspective. Martin Isles, the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, back with us. Good morning, Martin.
1: Good day, Neil. Good to be with you,
0: Martin. A little bit of a tweet there, acknowledging your good insights into things that have been going on not only in Australia but internationally. Uh, Franklin Graham sending a tweet, a little hello to uh, Martin yeah. Isles. Uh, what were your thoughts that that had suddenly happened this morning, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. About nine o'clock this morning. I look a few. Th- I mean, it, it turns out that Franklin Graham has stumbled across one of my videos in which I dealt with the uh, fact that he's been uh, effectively banned from the UK. So he had a, a UK-wide tour going as far north as Glasgow, as, as far west as Cardiff, and all through the UK in places like London, Sheffield, Milton Keynes, and all of this. And uh, every single venue, one by one, has cancelled on him and said that uh, they don't tolerate his hate. Uh, you know, inverted commas, and, uh, you know, I picked that up as a bit of a story on The Truth of It, which is my weekly vlog, and um, he's uh, discovered it, and he's uh, tweeted it to his 2.1 million followers, and also put it on his Facebook page, and I'm told there's going to be an article on it uh, in the upcoming um, Decision magazine, which is uh, the magazine that the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association puts out. So I'm always encouraged to uh, see, I mean, I've had other, uh, you know, fairly prominent people contact me in the past and say, you know, this is great stuff and and unlikely people, not just not just Christians and not just evangelists. So I'm always uh, humbled by to see how far and wide uh, the truth is going and good to have his endorsement.
0: Well, so many people who listen to this segment each week will reflect on the good clarity by which you're able to talk about the issues, but also the common sense that is coming through and those listeners who'll be able to reflect on the idea that there's a biblically founded wisdom that you have, which is just outstanding for a young man, might I say, but uh, you just keep coming up with the goods, and while you do that, you're on the radar of the likes of Franklin Graham, and as you say, he's got 2.1 million followers, and he's very happy to introduce you to his followers around the world, so uh, look forward to good things there. Hey, all of this about this issue of religious freedom, Uh, when we reflect on those things that have happened in the UK with Franklin Graham, well, we're always worried that we might be going that way in Australia and getting the religious freedom laws right is going to be a part of protecting us here. And uh, I wonder whether you've got a bit of an update on where things are at so far as these religious freedom considerations are going on.
1: Yeah, this is a, a great challenge at the moment. I mean, there's a fair bit of opposition coming up. The ACT chief minister has um, you know, raised a little bit of opposition uh, just over the weekend. There's a group in Tasmania that's raising opposition. Equality Australia are raising opposition. And one of the narratives that's coming through really strongly in this opposition is this idea that this will entrench religious privilege. You know, by giving rights to religious people, you're privileging them and therefore hurting others, which is a load of rubbish, I mean what this bill does is i mean firstly it is a human right religious freedom and non-discrimination but the bill uh really says things like well you know if you're Israel falaw and you want to talk about your beliefs you should have the same rights as any other australian to do so and just because you're a christian and they're christian beliefs shouldn't mean you're discriminated against so it's bringing us up to level pegging in terms of rights, it's not giving any privileges at all. It's the same for the Archbishop Julian Portia stuff. Now, he, as part of the Catholic Church, should have the same ability as the Liberal Party of Australia to talk about his religious or political beliefs. Um, there's, you know, no difference. It brings us up to a level playing field. So this is rhetoric. Uh, it's not true and it's designed to undermine the bill. Now, that said, the bill really is not brilliant in its current form so i think the view of all the faith leaders i've spoken to around the country is that we're not yet at the point of walking away from it but we're not happy with where it's at we want we need the government to fix some bits Uh, my minimum standard on this is to say well we need to make sure the next israel fallow can't happen we need to make sure the next archbishop julian porteous can't happen Uh, we need to make sure that christian schools and charities can act according to their beliefs and not get in trouble for it and we need to make sure that Christian doctors and medical professionals can practice according to their beliefs and conscience. Uh, and those are four basic things. And the bill at the moment achieves zero out of four, although it tries to achieve four out of four. And so we're saying, look, some reasonable changes would see us get four out of four or even three out of four. And we could say, look, this is worth it. And, you know, we're working with the government. We're, we're cautiously optimistic. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But the advocacy we do around this in the next few weeks is going to be very crucial. Um, I would say this though, just going back to the Franklin Graham issue, the point I made in that video was: look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out there who say that they hate religious privilege. They say that they hate hatred. They say all of these things. They say we, we're we're for diversity, but not so diverse that your opinions can be included. And we're we're for you uh, for um. Uh, uh, non-discriminational, although we'll discriminate against you, you know, they use all this rhetoric. But underneath it all, you can see in that Franklin Graham case that it is a rejection of the gospel because all Franklin Graham's doing in the UK is proclaiming the basic gospel of Jesus Christ. So once we understand that this is a fight for truth more than it is for freedom, it'll help us in the way we live to... Uh, to behave in a way, regardless of what happens with the legislation, uh, that, 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 that actually pushes forward the agenda.
0: Martin, it is polarising. Uh, people will take sides. And that clearly is where the UK is at, a little bit ahead of us, and uh, taking sides to the point of rejecting... Uh, even great family traditions, uh, as in the Grahams. Uh, we don't want to see that here in Australia. Uh, but there is this deal that has to be made here. I mean, somehow or other, going to be compromise uh, on sides of this. But let me just take you to something just a little deeper here for a moment, and a point that came out in a recent conversation that I was in, is that this deal is all about uh, religious freedom, it's about religious freedom. It's not about the rights of, say, the LGBTI movement. It's about religious freedom. The LGBTI mm. movement actually achieved what they set out to do with the uh, transformation of the way marriage happens in Australia. So this is about religious freedom. But somehow or other, people are trying to frame this as though it's a, a balancing of every, of those rights here. But, but really, Without a positive affirmation of religious freedom, well, then that hasn't been a religious freedom bill at all, has it?
1: Well, exactly. So, you know, there are two different issues. One is whether or not people of faith should have freedoms and should have rights. Another one is whether or not LGBT people should have freedom and should have rights and how far that goes. And you're right, Neil in observing that many changes to law, many, many, many changes to family law in this country, everything, and changes that many of us would say have gone above and beyond and too far to actually start redefining things like marriage in the name of rights. You know, it's gone a little bit too far, but but nonetheless, huge changes to enshrine LGBT rights. And now what we're saying is, look actually we're starting to face difficulties now we're starting to face circumstances where for saying what we believe we're getting fired from jobs we're getting disciplined in our workplaces we're getting uh hauled up to disciplinary bodies at universities uh, our christian organizations and companies are getting secondary boycotts against them and getting you know all these things are starting to happen there's dozens and dozens of actual cases being put before legislators so we're saying hey how about we also uh, have in legislation some limits around how badly we can be treated. Uh, can we can we come up to a level playing field? That's actually what this is about. But it goes back to what I said before. You do get the LGBT groups, and you do get a lot of these more radical groups as well, uh, who may not explicitly be LGBT but might be, you know, on the left wing side of the spectrum. Nonetheless, getting very upset about this because the thing they are truly upset about is not really just privilege. They're truly upset about the Christian message, and they do not want that message to have any place in society. And people may think I'm being a bit alarmist. I'm not. I've spoken to the leaders of many of these groups, and they've been very clear with me what their concerns are. They want the gospel of Jesus Christ out. They want it out of schools. They want it out of politics. They want it out of the public squares. Franklin Graham proved that to us, because that's the opposition he's facing in the UK. So we need to be aware of this. We need to push, yes, for good laws, but we also need to be advocating for the truth all the time because when we stop speaking it, you know, I always say, if we silence ourselves, we will be silenced. You can't let that vacuum open up. We've got to declare truth and know that this is a fight at the end of the day for freedom in one sense, but in a deeper sense a fight for truth.
0: Well, if history shows us anything, Christians won't be silenced. It doesn't matter what. Uh, Those oppressions that might come against the Christian church, in fact, it's going to cause a more... Uh, let me use the word an uh, explosive uh, nature of how christian faith is about to make a comeback if that pressure comes on, because this is the story you can see around the world and throughout history that Christians won't be silenced. Uh, let me just ask you before we move on from this topic: uh, the Anglican Church has uh, moved uh, to ask the Attorney General to uh, to include law firms and medical practices and corporate organisations uh, with the ability to be included in these uh, these abilities to discriminate uh, in the new religious freedom law. Uh, what are your thoughts about about how far uh, ought to be pushed here because it does seem to me that they've got a good point the Anglicans in asking that of the Attorney General
1: well what the Anglicans are saying is look the reality of of the world is that there are certain uh, entities, so not individuals but entities who are faith based Uh, and so if you for example run a campsite uh, and it's actually a faith campsite. It's a campsite that's got a Christian board that might even be owned by a denomination of some kind and that may want to actually operate that campsite in accordance with the ethos uh, of of, uh, of a faith-based ethos. You should be able to do that, um, and there should be no limitations on you doing that. Uh, and so, of course, what that means is that theoretically any corporate entity could fall into that category. Uh, and, of course, the media is picking that up and saying, oh, you want your Christian law firms, et cetera. Well, there's very few of those. Uh, but nonetheless, yes, uh, as a question of associational freedom, Christian people to gather together and, 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 and bind together in a group and create an organization, that's, that's essential.
0: Okay, let's move on. You've been standing up for stay-at-home mums. What's the story? <laughs> What's the story there? Because uh, stay-at-home mums, are they the next uh, next victims in all of this?
1: goodness me, I mean I'm a very unlikely advocate for <laughs> I, mean, I really am, but hey, you know sometimes you see something that just that just needs a voice, and you go, "You know what? um if nobody else is going to do it, I'll do it uh and uh, and you just got it and what happened here was that the today show of all people just found this poor, unsuspecting Brisbane mother's Facebook post in a mother's group somewhere. Uh, where she talked a little bit about her daily routine. And she was saying, look, actually, I get up at 4.30 a.m. so that I cook my husband breakfast. And, you know, I make sure the kids have got packed lunches to go off to school. And, uh, you know, of an evening, I actually go to bed quite late because I want to make sure the washing is on. And she goes through this list of, you know, and you read it, and you think, wow, you know, she's done what a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a lovely thing to do is sort of my reaction. Uh, and, you know, I had a mum like that. We've, you know, a lot of us were raised by mums who were very selfless. And the today's show, picked this up and just mocked her, just mocked her. I got so rankled by it. Uh, they were scorning and saying, welcome to the 1950s and all this sorts of nonsense. Um, and uh, so I just thought, well, hang on, it's time we defended that. So uh, I picked up and I said, well, do you know what? Here's a woman who actually is doing something out of love. She's not doing it for career. She's not doing it for money. She's not doing it for fame. It's because she loves people. And she's living out of a posture that is for others, that longs to see others blessed and nurtured. And that's what she wants to do with her life. And you know what? That's not only normal. It's not only something that uh, that is to be uh, commended. Uh, but, you know, it's probably biblical, too. Uh, and that's where I kind of worried that I might have stood on a landmine because I said, you know, a lot of women feel like they're helpers and their mothers, as it said in Genesis, and, and that's what they would like to do with their lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's such a beautiful thing, and many women find great fulfillment. Now, I say that, and I think, oh, gosh, this will be controversial, but actually, it's, you know, it's been welcomed with huge um, affirmation from so many people. So I'm fortunate in that, and I see that many people feel the same way, and the Today Show has been quite out of touch.
0: And honour to you, Martin Isles, because uh, great leadership there because the rest of us who are thinking about how we might think about stay-at-home mums, we're going to stand up for stay-at-home mums too. Yeah, I hope so, exactly. Yeah, that's it. A um, a little bit more on Israel Folau for a few moments because he's made a return to elite sport uh, in the European Rugby League, and uh, I I didn't see the game or uh, hear too much of a report from it. But I think uh, I think he's made a pretty good return. Uh, What are your thoughts on his return to sport and uh, and the fact that you know the media is commentating on him, even though he's in Europe now?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was pretty incredible. So he had his first game in in France for the Catalans Dragons because he's playing for the French team now. Uh, and uh, his first touch of the ball, his first touch of the ball in in very nearly one full year uh, after being off the field, he scored a try. So okay. and that was okay. that was literally five minutes into the game. So um, pretty incredible comeback. And uh, I, I got to say, um, I think that that's just such a, a wonderful thing to see. Uh, and just to see how the God worked that out for him. Uh, and, um, you know, it just, and, and, and the other amazing thing is that the crowd was chanting easy, easy, easy. And, you know, saying his name when they were queuing for selfies afterwards. And when he touched the ball, they were going wild. You know, the support for him was, and this is in France, for heaven's sake. I mean, France is, is, is very different even to Australia in terms of hard secularism. Um, and, uh, and I just sat there and looked at that and I thought, isn't this amazing? You know, Media will make you feel like you are alone, and they will do everything to make you look like you're a pariah and on the outer and what you believe is ridiculous. But I sat there and I thought, you know, we're not alone. Uh, you know, Israel was never alone. And uh, there's so many people out there, the, the quiet Australians or the quiet French people, you know, uh, who who actually, um, you know, believe this stuff and they need a voice and they're looking for a voice. Um, and so as long as we, any of us, uh, you, Neil, myself and others can be a voice and can speak up. I just think it's so important.
0: Something tells me Israel Falau won't be able to keep quiet for long about his faith. Uh, but really, he doesn't have to say anything anymore in any sense in social media because what he's said is going to stay with him for a long time and people are going to keep flashing up uh, biblical verses every time they talk about Israel Falau. I wonder whether he's bringing that special influence into France. As you say, it's a hardline secularist nation in France and, and, uh, I wonder whether he's about to make a significant impact there. Any predictions, Martin?
1: <laughs> well, look, I just think it's interesting. I had a very wise person say to me. They said, "You think Israel did the right thing, you know, in all of this?" I said, "Look, I, I, think he probably did. You know, he faced so many challenges, and you know, anyway, it's very hard for us to get inside, you know, the circumstances that people are in, and you know, he's agreed not to post on social media. Was that the right thing to do, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. But this very wise person said to me, "Do you know how we'll know?" I said, how? He said, well, no, based on how he plays in his first game back. And I said, oh, that's an interesting thought. And then this happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I, thought, I remembered what they said and I thought it's interesting. You know, it does seem that the Lord really is going with Israel and honoring him for the stand that he took uh and i see that in so many ways and uh, you know we're not out of the woods yet there's lots of you know lots of this yet to play out and there'll be some you know rumbles here and there and the media won't leave him alone but i think neil you might be right i think that when we stand up and we speak truth and we witness and testify to truth something always happens you know you saw that in the apostles in the early church we've seen that in history when christianity's under pressure time and again something always happens god uses his truth and uses his message and he uses it through us and I was reading 2 Corinthians just last night and it says, you know, that God uses us to be that sweet aroma of Christ and to some, it's an aroma of life to life, and rather it's the stench of death. <laughs> go, That's right. Isn't that so true? You know, let's carry on.
0: <laughs> and, and I think it's a matter of uh, get used to the fact that people will respond differently, and some will love you right. and some will hate you, and I know that'll be the case with you, Martin Isles, as it probably is the case with me too, and probably yes. with every guest uh, who appears on this program. So uh, we've just got to get used to that idea. Uh, we Martin, do. we've run out of time, but let me point people to to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au, where you can keep up to date with some of the developments that are happening. And the developments are happening so thick and fast. Uh, You need some reliable resource uh, to be able to keep across some of the details, acl.org.au. Martin Niles is the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, thanks for joining us and the great update once again today on 2020.
1: Thanks, Neil. God bless.